0: You're listening to a sermon preached at First Baptist Church in Farwell, Texas. We are committed to loving God, loving people, and going into the world to share the gospel. We pray you find this message both challenging and encouraging. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you uh, to turn uh, to uh, John's gospel, to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. If you've been following along with us for the last several weeks, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, we're going backwards. We were in John 17, uh, the last verse of John 17 last week. What are we doing in John 12? Well, John is not necessarily, the gospel of John is not necessarily in chronological order. Uh, And so we're going to back up or to uh, and read the account of what is uh, on uh, traditionally the church calendar, Palm Sunday. This is uh, Palm Sunday. So we're going to Uh, study that story. We're going to read that story and see what God would uh, want to teach us through that story. John chapter 12, starting in verse 12. But while you're turning there, let me ask you a question real quick. How many of you saw the snow yesterday? Yeah, most all of us, if not, oh, we all saw the snow yesterday. How how many of you, um, now listen, I'm I'm not asking you if, if you didn't like it, but how many of you were fretting how many of you were worrying that possibly just possibly god messed up like maybe maybe he just kind of forgot spring forgot summer and just took us right back into winter anybody else no no i mean i mean maybe we were worried that our thinking you know we're we're so hungry for summer we're ready for some warm temperatures like god what are you doing it is april the 13th um, I'm telling you, my grandmother is in heaven saying, see, I told you, don't plant anything until after Easter. That's, that was her rule, never plant anything until after Easter. It froze this weekend, one week before Easter. Listen, none of us saw the snow yesterday and seriously had a panic attack like summer wasn't going to happen. We know it's going to happen. Now, we don't understand God's timing. We might not even like God's timing. Uh, Many of us probably would fit in that category. We're like, we're ready for summer. We don't like God's timing. But here's what I want you to see. As faithful as the seasons come, God is faithful. God is faithful. We don't understand his timing. We don't understand his schedule. But we know summer's coming. And and we know so much that summer is coming. Many of you have already bought a bathing suit. Some of you have already planned your summer vacation because even though you can't see it, you know summer is coming. And here's what I want to encourage you with. Whatever season you are in, you might not like it. You might not understand the timing. You might not understand the purpose. But here's what I want to remind you God is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. And seasons will come that are easier than others. But trust him. God is faithful. And God is in control. Now you might think that's an odd, and it probably is, an odd introduction into this text. But I promise you it will fit. Just hang on for a little bit, okay? John chapter 12, verse 12. John is telling us an, a story of an event uh, uh, of Jesus. Jesus is what's, what's commonly titled as the triumphal entry. But, it, but to be honest with you, more accurately, it, it, it should be titled the tearful entry. In Luke's gospel, uh, Luke tells us that Jesus cried over the city of Jerusalem as he, as he was riding and seeing what they could have had, but they missed out on. So John is telling us this story. Listen to what he says. The next day, after this was the day after the Sabbath, the day after he had sat and had dinner with Lazarus, he had just uh, uh, risen Lazarus from the dead. Uh, this is the day after the, them having dinner, them worshiping and and studying uh, the Old Testament. They had uh, spent that day together, and 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 we we come up on the next day. The next day, when a large crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. This was Passover week. Jerusalem had, had swollen in population uh, by, several, uh, by, by a couple of million. The crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Verse 13, they took palm branches and went out to meet Jesus, and they kept shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat, sat on it, just as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples, this is the, uh, the, the 12 disciples, the apostles, they did not understand these things at first. However, when Jesus was glorified, when, uh, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Meanwhile, kind of back to the story, verse 17, Meanwhile, the crowd which had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to testify. They continued to tell the story that you see that fellow right over there, Lazarus, he, he was dead. He was gone for four days. But Jesus spoke, and he came out of the grave, and now he is alive. That's what they're testifying about. You can imagine how this excited the crowd, how this, how this got them all, all excited. Verse 18, this is also why the crowd met him, because they had heard that he had done this sign. Then the Pharisees said to one another, you see, you've accomplished nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. The Pharisees are angry that there is such a crowd following Jesus because of all that he had done. This is Passover uh, week. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is a very important uh, week of celebration in the life of Jesus the Jews. This is a very exciting time, but it is also a very tense time in Jerusalem. Uh, this is uh, the day uh, before the the, the, the day after of the event that we had read about Jesus raising uh, Lazarus. the, the air uh, was electric. There was a lot going on uh, in uh, in Jerusalem. Caiaphas and the other Jewish leaders had their hit list. Uh, Jesus being one of them, and now even Lazarus. They don't want anything uh, to uh, anyone to be uh, hearing about Lazarus. And so they're, they're, they're thinking about killing Jesus, already proclaiming they're going to kill Jesus, and even uh, add Lazarus to that death threat. Um, at the same time, there are swarms of people. There is a massive crowd of people. Have you ever been in a crowd that is so large that you kind of fear for your safety? You ever, you ever been there before? Our first trip to Colombia, we were with our missionaries and uh, with our uh, missionaries there from Colombia, and and his his truck had broke down, and so we had to take um, uh, the mass transit system in um, in Cartagena, and we were inside of a uh, a tram. Uh, filled over to capacity uh, of people there was no fire codes in Cartagena this was not a safe place to be it didn't feel like it Um, the, the people did not understand personal space you with me it was it was flesh on flesh it it was and and as we tried to, this is when it became really uh, scary. When we tried to get off the bus, as many people trying to get off the tram, there was as many people trying to get on the tram in that little four foot doorway. This is some. I mean, if you've ever been in a crowd like that, where you fear for your safety, where it's just body upon body upon body as far as the eye could see, that's what it was like around Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem you're talking about a town that would normally have a few thousand people in it the population has now swollen to some estimate to 3 3 million people in and around Jerusalem and many of those are now crowded around Jesus and his disciples what a context uh, for the presentation of a king right this is, this is what you would expect as a, a king that is coming into your community to, to, to announce his kingdom has arrived. This is something that we would all expect. But I want us to see this event as it actually unfolded. But I want you to see this event through three different lenses, through the eyes of three different groups of people, if you will. I want you to see this event first through the eyes or through the lenses of the Roman guards, of the Roman officials. I want you to see how this event played out in their eyes. I want you to also see this event through the eyes of the disciples. Here's here's 12 guys who, this is what they have been wanting all along, but they have already heard that Jesus is going to be Uh, killed. He's going to be arrested and killed and crucified. And so, but this is what they've been wanting. They've been wanting to Jesus finally come and set up your kingdom. So I want you to see this event through their eyes, but I also want you to see this event uh, through the eyes of the crowd, through that mass of people who were there that day. So those are the three lenses I want us to Look through, and then we're going to do a little application at the end. So let's look at the story through the eyes or through the lens of an experienced or maybe an elder Roman official, a Roman guard, if you will. Has it ever occurred to you, has it ever occurred to you how remarkable it is that the Roman officials did not interfere with the crowd that day? Why would they have not interfered with this mass of people who are going out and worshiping this man and they are calling him king of the Jews? Why would they not interfere? Listen they they were in Jerusalem to crack down on any kind of revolutionary uprising that was their purpose that was the reason they were in Jerusalem they were to hold check on hot tempered uh, often very angry turbulent jews and yet there was no interference on their part none whatsoever Now now roman guards they were accustomed to seeing the population in Jerusalem swell every time that there was a, uh, a holiday. Uh, they, were, they were used to this type of uh, crowd. No doubt the guards were perfectly aware of the unusual excitement. There, you, would, you would have to be deaf and blind to not see the excitement that was going on around uh, Jesus outside the city gates. They knew Jesus, they had heard of Jesus' stories, they had heard of his teachings, they had heard of his miracles, but to them, he was just just a a, a good teacher. Um, But they had had heard of him, they were ignorant of him. Um, They were unmoved by anything that Jesus had done. They didn't interfere. With a massive celebration going on, they never interfered, why not? Why not? Well, through the eyes of a Roman official, the idea of Jesus as king, based on what they're seeing, based on what they heard, is laughable. Through the eyes of a Roman guard, through a Roman official, seeing this man Jesus, seeing this crowd of people around him. And the idea that this was the king was laughable. He was a laughingstock to the Roman soldiers. No doubt some of these Roman guards, some of these seasoned battle-hardened guards, no doubt they had seen a kings uh, enter in to take over a city. And they're thinking, what we have seen in the past and what we see now, not even in comparison. This is a joke. This is not a king. Listen. These these battle-hardened Roman soldiers, as as they would see a king enter into a city, they would they would not see him wearing clothes of a peasant and riding on a donkey. No, they would see him in a gold-clad chariot with war horses pulling it. Not only seated in a gold-clad chariot with war horses pulling it, but they would see a a a a, a throng of other soldiers riding behind or on war horses with a road lined with, with soldiers bowing down to that king. This is nothing like that. Even, even as a king would ride into his city after conquering other kings, he would, have, he would sometimes have the kings uh, shackled to the chariot as his trophies. And if they died as they traveled, there were many times that they would shackle the, the dead king to the spokes of the chariot wheels as a, as a symbol of their leadership. Now, This is what the battle-hardened Roman guards, that's what they know of as king. And they're looking at this man named Jesus, wearing clothes of a peasant, riding on a donkey, and the people are throwing their clothes who are clothes of a peasant on, on the back of the donkey and on the, on the road. And, they're, and they're, they're tearing branches off of the trees and they're, they're laying them, all signs of honor. They're giving their very best. They're putting the palm branches on the pathway so that Jesus could ride across them. All acts of worship to them. But the Roman soldiers through their eyes are going, this is a joke. This is not, this is not a king. This is a man riding upon old clothes in the midst of broken trees surrounded by a shouting mob. But what the Roman soldiers didn't get is that what the crowd, what the mob was shouting was shouts of worship. What they were Taking off of their backs, while it might have been something that a peasant wore, it was the best that they had, and they gave it in honor of their king and the palm branches, while it might have just been some random tree, and i don 't know we don't understand trees living up here, but uh, it, it might have been just some random tree that they were that they were crafting the palm branches and laying them on 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 the pathway for Jesus to to ride on. The Roman soldiers just saw scrap, broken trees. But the crowd of people are giving their best. I believe we could pause here and just think for a moment how we should never, ever judge someone else's worship. Someone else's worship might be peasant offerings to us. But to them, it's the best that they have. Somebody else's worship might be more exciting than than ours, but that is the way that they worship. Someone else's worship might be very stoic, but that is the very best that they have. And may we never, ever judge someone else's worship? That's exactly what the Roman guards are doing. And they miss. Who Jesus is. They don't understand his timing. They're completely unaware. Of God's purpose. And woefully. Unaware. Of God's plan. They're unaware of the worship. Unaware of God's timing. Unaware of God's plan. Listen, I want to share Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 11. This is a section of Scripture that has gotten me through some difficult days when I don't understand God's plan, I don't understand God's timing. Listen to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. Verse 9, for as, high as, for as heaven is higher than the earth, listen to the comparison, for as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and prosper in what I send it to do. For the Roman soldiers, they missed it. They didn't, they didn't stop the crowd, but they also missed who Jesus was in the midst of the worship through the crowd. That's through the lens of the Roman soldiers. Let's look at the story through the lens of the disciples. Look with me in verse 16, John chapter 12, verse 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first. The disciples are passionately eager for the crowning of Jesus as king. (laughs) This is what they. They were wanting all along. This is why they are following him. They are waiting for this moment. They are already debating when this moment happens, who is going to be on his right and on his left. They are chomping at the bit, if you will, about this, about this event. But up to this point, Jesus, in Jesus' life, he would always tell the disciples, Anytime he did a public miracle, he would always tell the disciples, don't tell anybody. Anytime he would, he would do a, a public miracle, he would say, listen, don't, don't tell anybody because my time has not yet come. Now, they're remembering that. They didn't understand that then, but they're remembering it. Now, they're thinking, wait a minute. This is his time. This has to be the time. Look at the crowd of people. Look at him coming into his city. Here he is riding into Jerusalem, surrounded by a crowd of people praising him and proclaiming him as king of the Jews. This must be it. This is what they so often hoped he would do. And here he is riding into Jerusalem, fulfilling three, at, uh, at least three prophecies, possibly more. And this is what they hoped for. At last, it appeared to them, he is the king. It appeared to him that Jesus is abandoning his words, that he had already told them one, twice leading up to this occasion that he's going to go into Jerusalem, he's going to be arrested, beaten, and crucified. They're thinking, man, he's, maybe he's recanting on that. Here he is coming in as king. This is what they hoped for. But I want you to see something. Through the eyes of the disciples, Jesus was going to Jerusalem not to yield himself to the hostility of his enemies, but to proclaim his kingship. That's what they're thinking. Not to yield, to proclaim his kingship, But what the disciples don't understand, what they cannot understand, what they would not understand, is that Jesus would not escape the predetermined counsel of God that he had to go to the cross. They didn't understand that. Look at the story through the lens of the crowd, through the lens of the Roman guards, they missed it. Through the lens of the 11 disciples, they missed it. Now let's look at the crowd. Look at verse 14. Jesus fulfills a a great prophetic um, promise in verses 14. Jesus found a young donkey. He sat on it just as it is written. Don't be afraid, daughter Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Listen, the crowd, they didn't see it for what it was. Jesus' own disciples, as we've already saw, they didn't see it. The Roman soldiers definitely didn't see it. Yet Jesus, just as promised hundreds of years prior to this event, prophesied by the prophet Zechariah, Says this, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. I want you to see the prophecy. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus is making his way to his God ordained goal. In the eyes of the disciple, Earthly kingship. In the eyes of the crowd, earthly kingship. But God's plan, his earthly goal, was the cross. Jesus is making his way to the cross. The people desired a king. They desired it right now, at this very moment. They thought it was right now, at this very moment. They didn't understand. This massive crowd around Jesus is made up of both Jew and Gentile, and here's what they're shouting. Listen, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Look, the king of the Jews, Hosanna, which literally means save now. A.W. Pink, uh, uh, uh a scholar that I love to read, he says that, that this shout is not a shout of request. It's not that they're requesting save now. They're proclaiming that he has come to save now. It is a shout of proclamation. Here he has come to save now. People, people believe that Jesus is coming to set up his earthly kingdom. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a song that they have been singing. This blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord is a song. They've been singing this for over a hundred years. Celebrating the, uh, uh, the Jewish Independence! The Jews' independence! The the Maccabean revolt. This is the song that they would sing. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a song they're very, very familiar with, and they think that Jesus is coming to set the Jews free from the Roman Empire. Crowd is celebrating the establishment of a kingdom. They're celebrating the authority of the king. They're celebrating the deliverance of a yoke of slavery. For the dawning of a new day of peace and prosperity. They are celebrating not what Jesus is. is, is, Who Jesus is and what his ultimate plan is. They are celebrating what Jesus is about to do for them. I want you to notice where the focus is at. They're not celebrating Jesus for who he is. And for what he is ultimately about to do. But they're celebrating Jesus for them. Listen, Jesus is riding through the crowd toward the same goal, toward the same goal that they want, but they're missing it. The crowd didn't understand, the crowd didn't understand it. Jesus was going to temporarily wear a crown of thorns before he wore the king's crown. Let me say that again. Jesus is going to temporarily wear a crown of thorns before he wears a king's crown. They didn't understand that. Jesus was going to be nailed to a cross before he is seated on a throne. They didn't understand that. They're ready to put a king's crown on him now. They're ready for him to be seated on the throne now. But before he can do any of that, he's going to wear a crown of thorns. They didn't understand what was going to happen temporarily that would change everything for all eternity. Listen, may we not make that same mistake today. Many in the crowd who cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, were the same ones who were crying out, crucify, crucify. How is that possible? How is it on one day we could be crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and just a few days later be crying, crucify, crucify. How is that possible? Listen, it's possible because the majority of the crowd allowed what was going on temporarily to blind them from what God had for them for all eternity. Oh, may we not make the same mistake. May we not let what is going on with us temporarily blind us from what God has for us for all eternity. Before Jesus could wear the king's crown, he had to wear a crown of thorns. Before he could be seated on a throne, he had to be nailed to the cross. Don't miss what's going on temporarily in your life. Don't miss the season that God has you in. Knowing that it's temporary. Knowing that God has a plan for you for all eternity. Oh, don't miss it. Don't make the mistake that the Roman guards make. Don't make the mistake that the disciples made. Don't make the mistake that the crowd, that many, most, if not all in the crowd made. Listen, because Jesus' timing didn't match theirs, Because his way, his plan didn't match theirs. Most of the crowd chose to put on the same lenses as the Roman guard. The same lenses as the disciples. And Jesus became a laughing stock. They missed it. Let me close with this. Listen, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day, and I believe this day is coming soon, one day he is coming, and he won't be riding on a, on a little donkey. He'll be riding on a great white horse. He'll be riding on a war horse. Listen to this text, Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. And I want to tell you the same faithfulness The same faithfulness of Jesus being born of a virgin. The same faithfulness of Jesus having to go to the cross. The same faithfulness of Jesus being resurrected from the grave. The same faithfulness of Jesus ascending into heaven. It is that same faithfulness that Jesus is going to come back. Listen to Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. Then I saw heaven open, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and he judges and makes war with justice. His eyes were like a fiery flame, and many crowns were on his head. And he had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. God. Verse 14, the armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses wearing pure white linen. A sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will also trample the winepress with fierce anger of God the Almighty and his name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus is coming. He is coming back. And it is my prayer and it is my plead with you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, do it today. Say yes to him today. He, oh listen, he came for you so that you could have eternity with him. Listen, may we live ready. May we live expectant for his glorious return. And may we not miss it. May we seek out And may we trust His timing for our lives. May we live in awe and reverence of Him as King. Listen, not because of what He can do for us. May we live in awe and reverence of Him as King, not because of what He can do for us, but what He wants to do through us, for His honor, for His glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. If you'd like more information about our church or have any questions regarding the sermon you just heard, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website at www.fbcfarwell.org or send an email to info at You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching FBC Farwell. It is our prayer that the sermon you listened to was equally challenging and edifying to your walk with Christ. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed week.